Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast, counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture, one top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in. Welcome into another episode of Two Peas on a podcast. Gerald is here. Andy is in Mikasa, not Sukasa. Well, Sukasa. If I'm the one saying it, you're in Sukasa. No, I'm in Mikasa. You're in you're in Yukasa. Yes, I'm in Mikasa. Yes, you are. Uh, Gerald and you're here, Two Peas guys. So. If you heard on the previous uh, special edition that we released a few days ago, Andy's this is his last episode, his last top five countdown, at least for a while. Andy, tell the tell the lovely people, what are we counting down today, bro? This is a good one. If it's going to be our last podcasting conversation for a little while, not our last conversation, but our last podcasting conversation, I think we picked a good one. This is the top five bands of all time. Yes. Top five bands. Yes. Yeah, so we're doing our top five bands of all time. Andy... Of all time. <laughs> Andy gave me this topic a couple months ago, and I thought he was joking with me. So, I, I mean... Just, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an obvious... I don't know what you're being crazy about. It's an obvious topic. You said, hey, if we're going to do one final episode, what would you like to talk about? It's like, well, top five bands of all time. Yeah. It's like... This is like the episode. Yeah, I mean, it's fitting that it is the final episode. That's true. So, you know, you were talking before we started recording about parameters and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I didn't do any, pra- you know, mine are bands. They're not artists. So mine are, you know, a collective unit of folks, not like one dude with a band backing him. Like, you know, you mentioned Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake, you know, people like that would not be eligible for tonight's list. 
But when you were doing it, I mean, you know, for me, these are my favorite bands. So they're not going to always be considered some of the best bands of all time amongst like the critics and Rolling Stone and like whatever. But they are, and I was telling you before we started recording, they're the bands that I listen to most frequently that I always go back to their albums or Spotify playlists, whatever. Mm -hmm. What about you? No, I feel the same way. Although I, I mean, I, I assume at least two of my top five would be on most people's countdowns, mm. whether they're individuals or like a Rolling Stone countdown. Um, but honestly, I did, the, I did the same thing. These are my favorite bands, the bands I like the most, the bands I listen to the most. I didn't do what I would consider artists. Like I love Jack Johnson, love Justin Timberlake, love Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, even like even Bob Marley and the Whalers, I wouldn't consider that a band because it's all about Bob. It's about the art. Well, that's true. And yeah, I, I guess that's true. And I love Bob Marley, so I, you know, I stuck with the classic idea of a rock band. Okay. Um, yeah, me too. But yeah, these for me, for me as well, these are the bands that I listen to the most. The bands that I love. Uh, most of these, I'd say most of these bands I've been listening to for. For a long time. Yeah, same here. So, uh, same that, here. That probably, that'll give you a hint that <laughs> most or mine are pretty dated. Uh, yeah, mine these are, are. These are my. These are my favorite bands of all. Time. Mine are throwbacks too. I mean, mine are throwbacks too. I mean, my number one's not going to be a mystery to anybody that that knows me, yourself included. Oh, I know. I know what's your number one. Uh, but aside from that number one, I mean, it was kind of a hodgepodge of just kind of trying to get them in the right order because they're really all tied, to be honest. Outside of the top two, maybe. Uh, yes, I feel the same way. My one and two were—I mean, honestly, all five are mine. I knew the five I was going to pick right away. Uh, I, three, four, and five—I kind of uh, fudged around with the order a little bit. One and two were set in stone already. Yeah. But this list wasn't hard at all. I mean, I, these bands I've loved for a long time, and these have been my top five bands for a while. So. Same here, man. I mean, yeah. you know, my top two are locked in probably for the rest of my life, to be honest. For the rest uh, of your life. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're doing our top five bands of all time for the really the OG two piece finale, if I'm being honest. But, uh, I, you know, I should say that we're recording this just to timestamp it so everyone knows it's May 4th. So it is May the 4th, which happens to be Star Wars Day. Star Wars Which Day. is special if you know Andy or if you've listened to the show, he's a huge Star Wars fan. And, uh, and you are as well. And I'm wearing a shirt. I'm wearing my last Jedi shirt. Yes. Which Gerald bought me. Yes. We're, um, we're both wearing I'm Star wearing Wars tees. Yes. I'm wearing mine as well. Mine has a TIE fighter on it because I'm an evil Wonderful. bastard. Um, <laughs> TIE fighter classic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's got his last Jedi. I love Last Jedi. It's a masterpiece, brother. Ryan Johnson. Masterpiece. He, know, is, he knows what is. he's doing over there. But we're recording this. I wanted to timestamp because it's really right in the kind of the midst of the whole COVID 19 coronavirus pandemic. And uh, it's tough because it's it's ironic in a way, but it's also tough because almost four years of the show <laughs> and ironically, me and Andy have always recorded together in person. Always. We've never done this before. I've never. And, I'm, I'm in my garage. Yes. And we're remotely now. So we're recording over Skype, which, by the way, I apologize if the quality is not as what you're used to. But we're recording it over Skype, and it's a Skype call, and we've never done that in four years. And the last episode, we have to do it because of coronavirus. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, Andy's in a hospital, so, I mean, I'm in a restaurant restaurant business. He's working in a hospital. It's tough out there, man. Just everybody be safe. 
and hopefully listen to these bands. Am I right? I mean, because there's some good, ah, there's some good right. ones on my list. So Yeah, man. All right, man. Well, who wants to go first? This is the finale, man. Uh, and, goodness you know, gracious. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't decide. Now, do you want to wrap things up with your one? Do you think it's that good of a headlining act? Or oh, it's you, that good. It's that good. <laughs> do you want you me go to first. go first? You go first. Yeah, yeah. I, I, right. Yes, my yes, yes. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. All right, well, I will go first. So my number five band is the only, which is going to probably be a little bit of a surprise to you and people that might listen to the show regularly, but it's the only band on my list that that was uh, introduced to me via my parents as a conduit through my parents. Really? Fascinating. Yeah, which I'm into a ton of. There's a couple of my honorable mentions, but in my top five, this is the only one that my dad inadvertently introduced me to. And I went back to, you know, years after he passed away. And I was like, oh, yeah, my dad liked them, you know, and now I have a t shirt of this band. I listen to them weekly at least. Uh, a lot of their tunes are into my Spotify rotation, but it's Credence Clearwater Revival. What? CCR <laughs> noise. Oh, that's a great, yeah. great choice. Yeah, CCR, man. man. Great choice. CCR, my number five. I mean, Southern Rock to the Tilt, brother. Soulful, you know, a very soulful Dude. version of Southern Rock. John Fogarty's voice is so raspy. Dude, his voice is beautiful. It's just great, man. I mean, their version of their their version of Proud Mary, uh, their version of Fortunate Son. Uh, I mean, just I mean, my, one of my favorites is "Have You Ever Seen the Rain?" That's probably one of my favorite songs oh, of all time. Dude. But yeah, Creedence Clearwater Revival and my dad, you know, playing these records and he really lived kind of the 70s hippie lifestyle too. My dad, he did, you know, and he, uh, that was just him, man. And he, this was a band that really kind of, you know, if, if, of course nobody's going to do it (laughs) because he wasn't a celebrity, but if somebody made, if somebody made a movie about my dad's life, like I feel like CCR would be like the soundtrack. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, what a great... Does that make sense? Oh, that, that's homage, man. That's great. That's great. Yeah, so CCR, man, takes me back, brother. And out of the top five bands that I have, this is the only band that really goes way, way back before my time, uh, which, you know, is because my parents introduced me to it. So CCR, my number five, yeah, man. You used a good word, man. You used a great word. First of all, I want to validate you saying 
the soundtrack to your father's life because I know your dad meant a lot to you. He yeah, means man. a lot to you. Absolutely. So that's a that's a wonderful way of describing this band. And you use the word soul. They are so soulful, Southern soul, and you hear it. I mean, the you hear that you listen to the name Credence Clearwater Revival, and that's what it is when you listen to them. It feels like a revival. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just got man. That's a great. That's a great choice. CCR is a wonderful band. I love their catalog, and yeah, man. Every time I listen to them, I'm just blown away. It's just great, man. I mean, it it it's kind of stinks too in a certain aspect because it's like you just want to go back to a time when I could see them live, you know, ah, or nice. experience like the uprising of them in fame you know what i mean because i can imagine that that just would have been so cool man like you know in today's day and age it's just tough because everything's on youtube and streaming and mm-hmm. it's just different you know what i mean but in the 60s and 70s when you have a band like credence who's really just a grassroots group just a jam yeah. band really i mean they're a jam band right yeah. i mean that's what they very are very simple very simple and, uh, their music is very simple very soulful and just uh, classic southern rock i mean yeah yeah very envious of my dad that he got to experience bands like that uh, and this is probably my favorite you know and there's other bands that you know he introduced me to that i love and a couple of them will be on my honorable mentions but ccr i felt like had the broadest catalog like so many songs that i just love so so much as opposed to a handful do you know what i mean and there's another, and I love Bob Seger too, but I didn't put Bob Seger on this yeah. list because I feel like that's more of a solo act. We were talking about mm-hmm. earlier where we didn't want to do an individual artist, but CCR and Bob Seger are the two, you know, artists, if you will, that my dad really embedded in me, and mm-hmm. I feel like would be the soundtrack to him. So uh, CCR applies to this list. They're my number five, man. Dude, that's great. I actually have a, I'm not going to get to them yet. They're a little deeper. I have two bands on my list that my father introduced me to. Nice. That I used to listen to the, I mean, two of my favorite albums of all time. That's awesome, man. I Dude, your dad's still. To, and, I used to listen to his records. Yeah, I used to listen to his records over and over. And they're again, coming so. up, they're coming up on your list or no? Yeah, man. Okay, actually, all right. Yeah, all right. Uh, two of mine uh, are going to be bands right. that my father introduced so me we'll, to. So we'll cross that but, bridge when we get to it then. So what's your five? We will. Man? Band number five. Now, the interesting thing about band number five on my list, Gerald Peasy, Co Peasy, mm, yes, is that number five <laughs> is the only band on my list that is still making music. Okay. So wow. <laughs> most, most of my bands are from the past. This band, I remember I was probably 12 years old, I think early 90s, and alternative rock had just hit the scene, uh, what we used to call alternative rock. Now, I remember buying this tape. And this tape was so good. I still listen to it this to this day. And here we are. What are we? Uh, oh, I got to do some counting. 10, 20, maybe almost 30 years later, this group is still making good music. I've seen them live a couple times, thanks to my wife. This is my wife's favorite band of all time by far. Wow. But they're still making great music. Every album they come out with is something fresh and different and beautiful. Sure. I'm talking about the band Pearl Jam. Nice. I'm surprised Pearl this Jam is low is, for you, uh, man.
Yeah, I mean, it's number five. I've seen this band live a couple times because of my wife. It's one of those bands like, it's my JT. Every time JT or Jack Johnson comes around, I try to go see them. Mm-hmm. But Pearl Jam, every time they come to town, yeah. uh, we, we go see them. Uh, and I think the last time they came to town was during the whole bathroom thing in North Carolina. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they canceled because of that, right? Dude, they canceled the day before. And, yeah. like, I understood. I respect Eddie Vedder and his views. I understood why they were doing it. But we were going to see him on a Wednesday, and we found out on a Tuesday that they canceled the show. Yeah. Although we, we respected their decision. It was so hard because Pearl Jam, if you know anything about Pearl Jam, they made their name as a live touring band. This band works on the road. They have a whole following of people. And seeing these guys live is a transcendent experience. Sure. They play for hours and hours. I, uh, and I hours. saw them live in the 90s. The only time I saw them live was on the Lollapalooza tour that they were on. No way. Okay. And that year with, uh, well, I don't want to mention because they might come up. I know one of them is going to come up for me, actually. But yeah. a lot of other bands that I respect. You know, Pearl Jam, I, li- I like them. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like them. I think they're an amazing band. I don't know why. I just, I felt like they kind of inserted themselves, or not them necessarily, but but pop, they were popularized and kind of were inserted into the grunge conversation. And mm-hmm. I remember at the, mm-hmm. t- at the time in the 90s being kind of a snooty grunge lover. <laughs> kind of taking okay. offense to that in a little a little bit because I was like, they're not grunge. Like, they're rock. Like, they rock. They kick ass. But they yeah. just weren't grunge to me. I don't know. And I was kind of snooty and kind of specific when it came to my grunge music in the 90s. Uh, okay, do you think it's because they were from <laughs> Seattle that they got inserted into the grunge scene? Yeah, I think maybe. Seattle? I mean, right, but do you agree that their sound is a little bit different from a lot of the now, traditional the grunge thing. bands? One of, the things no? I li- one of the things I like about Pearl Jam is I believe, in my, and I, I do, I think they're a rock band, I believe their sound is really unique. Yeah. Like, they have a very unique sound, but it, it kind of transcends grunge. I don't know, like, I, I use the word alternative because sure, at that time, that makes sense. Sure. Uh, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana, um, oh, absolutely! You know, Sonic Youth, Dinosaur, U- Dinosaur Junior—all these bands were coming out that were considered alternative to what the late '80s had brought us. Yeah, as far as like these big stadium rock bands. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think I, I don't know if I would call Pearl Jam grunge. Uh, I know you were really into grunge and you still are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's so what I'm saying. So this, yeah, I don't categorize them. And like they that, got grouped I, in with the with a lot of those groups, which is what which is not. I mean, they didn't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not like they lobbied to be considered grunge. You know what I mean? It's just they came yeah. along at a time when that was being so popularized in pop culture. And uh, I just remember thinking, like, I like them. Like, I remember buying mm-hmm. I remember buying the 10 album when it oh, came out. Oh, that's a great album, dude. So dude, good, man. Versus I mean, Vitology, Versus is probably my favorite album. There's Rearview Mirror. Still remains one of my favorite songs. Uh, but I don't know. I, I mean, I like them a lot. Do you know what I'm saying? But I just didn't feel yeah. like they were grunge. And I felt like I was like, why, are they, why is Pearl Jam being compared to XYZ? I don't know. So it wasn't their fault, though. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> are you blaming uh, them? Are you judging them? Yeah. What the hell is wrong with you guys? Yeah. All right. So that's your- I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, before we get before we get to your number four, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. Yeah. Um, we were living in Los Angeles at the time, and the local rock station was giving away tickets to a private Pearl Jam show at the. <laughs> I want to say it was the Music Box in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Very small venue. Think 
House of Blues, but even smaller. Yeah. Um, I told Becky um, that I would I would get her tickets. They were doing it a week, and I was going to call every day, multiple times a day. And she promised me certain. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. In return, if uh, <laughs> for a certain amount of time, if right. I did that. Sure. And on the last day, on the <laughs> Sunday night, on the last time they were offering tickets. I won us tickets to that private nice, show. Nice, brother. We got to, we got we got to see Pearl Jam, and I'm telling you, they played for maybe three and a half hours. That's crazy, they man. Just played, and it was them and Sonic Youth open for them. Oh, um, so that good, was man. probably I, I I loved them before then, but experiencing them in a, that small venue, yeah, and of course being with Becky and like you know, sure, yeah, her band, right? Sure, yeah. That's what really pushed them into the top oh, five for me. Absolutely, man. Once you Did see you them ever... live a couple of times, they just they just kill it. They oh, sure, they're great it. live live act. Like I said, Lollapalooza, they were amazing. Did you ever uh, show her the documentary that Cameron Crowe did, PJ Twenty? Did you ever see that? Yes, I we own it. We own PJ. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was great because you know he's a fanatic too. He's probably up there with Becky Cameron Crowe. I mean, the filmmaker. Yeah, mm-hmm. just loves them. He's yeah. friends with the band. He's just followed their whole career from before they were big. Uh, they've been in movies of his because he was they were so close or whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, I was going to say check it out, but I guess you guys already did. All right, so that's there your. We have it. So that, yeah, number five, Pearl Jam. Uh, peace out. All shout outs to my beautiful wife Becky Pearl Jam. There you go. Even flow, brother. Uh, let's see. So my number four is a band that has disbanded. Uh, they were around predominantly in the late nineties into the early to mid two thousands. I saw them live a few times and my connect, you know, so number five, my connection was with my father, right? CCR. Well, my connection with my number four is really with my sister. It's really a sibling connection. So this is a band that we just shared together. She played for me a, a couple songs of theirs early on in their in their discography. And I remember at the time that I kind of blew it off because you know I'm a grunge guy. And this would have this this would have <laughs> like, been what is this crap? Yeah. This would have been right at kind of the end of that grunge era. And <laughs> this is not hardcore. I'm I, hardcore. <laughs> Right. This isn't cool enough. And I remember going, I remember going, okay, Misty, sure. Like whatever you sure, you know? And then over the course of just, because we lived together at the time, we, we shared residence together for better part of a decade, really uh, into the late nineties and the mid two thousands. And just hearing it so often. And we just, mm-hmm. she took me to see them live. Like she's like, I'm gonna, she's like, I'm going to take you to see these guys. And she did. And it was like an amazing live experience. You know, a lot of times when we see a band live, that's really when you become a fan because you're Dude, like, it, uh, yeah, that changes everything. Yeah, that, that changes yeah. everything. Yeah, and then I went back to see him a few more times after that, and they would always play places like the House of Blues that you mentioned earlier. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's a band that's they're not together anymore, but they are still active in terms of like producing and doing other things. But it's the White Stripes. <laughs>
yeah. So, I mean, it was a two-man, or, well, one man, one woman, but it was a two-person unit, too, which is fascinating because... It is fascinating. It sounds there's like, like there's like 10 people jamming, but it's just these two people. And it was Jack and Meg White. Meg was on drums and doing backing vocals, and Jack White was on guitar and percussion, and, you know, he, he did a lot of experimental things uh, where he would use, like, little Tykes instruments and, like, just all kinds of weird shit and keyboards. <laughs> okay. Uh, but again, it's, it's Southern rock. I mean, it's more of a modern version of Southern rock. Cause obviously we're talking early two thousands for the most part here, late nineties, but I just love that kind of raw, uh, sound. I mean, you know, Jack White is, is a mastermind at just like being very pure and very raw. Like he just plays it and you feel like that's the first take and that's what goes on the record. <laughs> that's what gets printed. And that's what we that's what lives on forever. Do you know what I mean? Dude, it's, I can respect that. And I went I like to see that. his... Like yeah, me and me and my wife went to Nashville a few years ago for her birthday. And we went to see his studio, Third Man Records. He has his own uh, record company, his studio there. And it's just amazing, man. His his devotion to the craft and the just the purity of music is amazing. Uh, I mean, he has this, this booth that I want to say he got from Neil Young or him and Neil Young kind of like bought it together because it's like the only one that exists in the world or something like that where you can like uh, record, you know how you can record stuff obviously, but you can record it onto a vinyl record and they have that in his studio at Thurman Records uh, where you can like make your own vinyl, which is really cool. But he's very, he's, he's like that. He's like old school, you know, but he's not. I mean, he's in his maybe early 40s at this point. He's not like an old dude, you know what I mean? But he just lives that kind of old school mentality of like kind of like the CCR, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, 20, 30 years later, fast forward. But he kind of carries that torch, if that makes sense. Uh, do you are you a fan of the White Stripes? What do you think? I haven't heard much of the White Stripes, honestly. I've heard people talk about them. I've heard a song or two, but I'm not really versed in the White Stripes. I don't know much about them. That's cool, man. I'm gonna. You're gonna hear a tune on this episode, and then I'll. Well, there you go. I'll there send you. Go. I'll send you a bunch. But please do. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, it's like a CCR, but just updated. You know, it's a little harder, I guess, around the mm-hmm. edges, a little rougher around the edges. But uh, yeah, it's that southern rock feel for sure. But yeah, the White Stripes is my number four, one of my favorites. I share it with my sister, so I didn't want her to get mad at me either. So I got to put them on here. You, know? <laughs> you have to do that. <laughs> I love so far, man. I just say I, I love so far that your choices have a real personal. Um, connection with you. Well, I'm going to get selfish. Sister. Yeah, I'm going to get selfish, I though. <laughs> Dude, I think, that's, I think that's wonderful. I think that's really cool. That's the great thing about music. I mean, um, oh, man. What's the matter? I just thought of uh, You forgot one. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention someone right now that I, he's an artist. Like, I don't know, uh, but he has, uh, he could be either one. Tom Petty. Uh, he's not on my yeah, list. Yeah, you know, I didn't put him on my list either. And, but, you know, but, I know you're leaving the show, but one of the episodes I wanted to do for you yeah. in October, I think, when he passed away, is I wanted to do top five Tom yeah. Petty tunes. Because, I mean, Tom Petty is wonderful. Like, Great. Yeah. Tom Petty wants, uh, people talk about Tom Petty as the soundtrack of their lives. Yeah, sure. If you grew up in the United States in the 80s and the 90s, all you heard was Tom Petty. So music really has a connection for us. It takes us back to certain times. And yeah. I love that so far. You know, you've talked about your dad and your sister. I think that's sure. really cool. Yeah, man. Uh, but my number four, my number four is really, I, I, I would have to say it's my CCR. It's mm-hmm. my version of Southern Rock. This band, my feelings toward this band have not increased or decreased since I first heard them. I have always loved them from the very first time 
uh, I, I threw their tape in from the very first time I listened to them on the radio in the late 80s, probably mid to late 80s. I have always loved them, whether it's their older stuff, their newer stuff. Uh, they don't make music together anymore. But the band is Aerosmith. Okay. Aerosmith, I just, their music is just perfect to me. I love Aerosmith. I love everything they do. I love their old did, stuff. I love their new stuff. Did I, I know this about you? I, I don't think I knew this about you. Did I know this yeah. about you? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Aerosmith is my jam. I mean, all right. They had they had that southern rock mentality. I mean, Steven Tyler's voice is huge. Yeah. You know, Joe Perry on the guitar, those licks that he's just known for. I mean, no one can create a a, a lick that you remember like Joe Perry. Sure. I've seen them live uh, a couple times, and Aerosmith, man, they're just like I think when I think of American rock and roll, I'm talking about pure rock and roll. Yeah. I think of Aerosmith. All these lines in my face getting clearer The past is gone It went back like dust to dawn Isn't that the There's nothing more pure as far as what rock is in America than Aerosmith. I just I love the band. I love those guys. Every every album, every album they've made. I mean, I don't I don't think there's an Aerosmith song I don't like. Well, the thing about talk about their their um uh what's it? I don't want to close my eyes. They're only yeah from Armageddon. Sure. Uh, It's a commercial song, but I still like it. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what's cool about Aerosmith too is longevity, man. I mean, we're talking Mm -hmm. fucking what is it like fifty years? These guys have been making music. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, those I know those other bands that that do it, but I mean, they they constantly are reinventing themselves and like updating themselves with with what's going on around them in the times, and they're appealing to young listeners. I mean, it's crazy because if you think about it, you know, I was talking about my dad earlier. I mean, my dad introduced me to. You know, Toys in the Attic and Dream On. I mean, Dream On is an all-time classic song. I mean, one mm-hmm. of the greatest rock songs ever ever made, in my opinion, is Dream On. And uh, and then you fast forward 20 years to the 90s, and they've got to reconnect. Pump. Yeah, and, Pump. Yeah, I mean, Vacation. And, uh, well, vacation yeah, and they've got to reconnect. Yeah, oh, man, goodness. they got to reconnect to a new audience. And they did it because I was the new audience at the time. And it was cool because it's like, oh, well, Aerosmith's Pump. You know what it takes, or you know whatever song you want to put in. The Janie's got a gun. You know, great shit, man. And it's like my dad's like, wait a second, is that Aerosmith? <laughs> I was listening to them twenty years ago. What the hell is this? You know, so it was also a cool bridge, a connection too, for people that knew them from the seventies because they were, you know, a seventies rock band with the Led Zeppelins of the world and whatever. Mm-hmm. They were up and coming in that era. But they're here, man. I mean, they're they're still making music. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, are they? I, I said I said Pearl Jam was the only band still making music. I'm sure Aerosmith's still touring. I feel like I Aerosmith's know. still around, man. I mean, they're. Yeah. I don't know if they've put out an album recently, but yeah. I've seen them in the news. I mean, they're they're still active. Uh, yeah, one, they have a they have a Rolling Stones quality about them. Yeah, sure. Uh, and Rolling Stones is one of my honorable mentions. I love the Stones. Uh, cool. My father and I have seen the Stones together a couple times. It's one of his favorite bands. Well, I um, like that. I just didn't know that. 
that about you. They have a longevity to them. I didn't know that about you. I don't know that I knew that you were an Aerosmith fan. I like that, but I don't think I knew that. I I mean, I'm going to honestly say, even on this list, I don't know, maybe the next one I'm going to mention, number three, but Aerosmith is one of those bands I can listen to at any time. Like I, I don't have to be in the mood for Aerosmith. They just, I can just play them. Well, let's uh, go. Maybe, num- maybe number three as well. But uh, Aerosmith's just, I'm. They're, they're always, they always kick ass to me. Well, let's go, man. I mean, my top three. Uh, you know, when you pitched this to me and I started typing on my phone, I uh, started making notes on my phone. I was like, what bands do I love? And I just started making notes of the bands I love. The first three bands I wrote guaranteed locked in top three. Oh, we're getting deep now. I can't wait. Uh, I know who your number one is, but so, I can't say two and three. I can't honestly say two and three. So, you know, my number two, when I get there, is going to be a super, super personal pick that a lot of people, I'm going to be honest with you, yourself included, may not have even heard of. So it's going to be kind of okay. weird. But my three and my one, definitely people have heard of. So my number three is the Beastie Boys. Boys is a band? Yeah, man. Come on, man. I mean, they do play their okay. own inst- they play their own instruments. Now, okay. you know, that's they, true. That's true. That's a good point. They, good point. Uh, you know, they rock. They're also hip hop. They're so multi-dimensional and just dude. I love the Beastie Boys. Multi-genre, man. I mean, how many acts ever in the history of music can just like not have a label put on them? You know what I mean? The Beastie Boys are their own thing. I mean. They're hip-hop that is just rocking. I mean, it, it kicks your ass. It knocks you on your ass. I mean, fight for your right to party, bro. Sabotage. Uh, I mean, they play their instruments on those songs. I've seen them live. I've seen them open and perform with a couple bands, actually, that are in my honorable mentions. And they really went toe-to-toe with a lot of those, you know, quote-unquote rock bands. I mean, I saw them on tour with the band that's in my honorable mentions, Rage Against the Machine. And, oh, and I'll just tell Rage, you, Rage, one of the greatest bands of all time. And I'll just tell you right now, bro. I mean, they went toe to toe with Rage, and Rage is and a that's, rock that's not band. easy to do, right? Right. Rage kills it, <laughs> right? So I'm just gonna let you know. I mean, and I saw them on tour with Green Day once, which was a great, uh, oh, a great show. But I mean, I these Green guys Day. kick ass, dude. I mean, they, you know, and if you, you know, License to Ill, I would say, you know, was a rap record. I would say, you know, Fight for Your Right was on there. No Sleep Till Brooklyn was on there. But you know what, man? They're borrowing from Led Zeppelin. I mean, they're borrowing from a lot of mm-hmm. rock bands that they were influenced by. And then they're doing their own thing kind of over it as the samples or whatever. And yeah. it, I thought it was, I mean, it, to this day, it's just phenomenal. There's a new documentary on Apple TV, which I, I almost got so because angry. I want to see it. Yeah. 
Yeah, my wife and I are both so angry because we keep seeing previews for it. Yeah. And we don't have Apple TV. And I, I oh, I want to, because it's a Spike Lee joint. Yeah, man. And, oh, I want to see it. So, yeah, I'm going to, hopefully I'll be able to cop it eventually. But, yeah, yeah I, mean, I can't wait. But, you know, that. you have, I mean, you were just talking about Aerosmith, so it's kind of ironic. But, I mean, you know, you have, like, Run DMC, for example. And when they crossed mm-hmm. over with Aerosmith and they did Walk This Way. Yep. That mm-hmm. was such a huge deal. I want to say that was like eighty six or eighty seven. That was yeah. such a huge deal, man. But the, that was that was the Beastie Boys. I mean, they were yeah, the they were, Boys were already doing. It on <laughs> they were literally a marriage of rock and hip hop, and they remained that for thirty forty years. So, yeah, uh, Beastie Boys I got, I got, always yeah. one of my favorites, man. I gotta tell you, mad respect to the pick, uh, Beastie Boys. I think you're absolutely right. Um, they are in a genre all to themselves one of my favorite artists i don't think it's a band but i'm just going to say it. one of my favorite artists is g love yeah uh, sure he also plays with, he plays with a trio called g love and special sauce mm-hmm. and one of the things i like about him is the same thing he can't be categorized he's very bluesy kind of jazzy but also raps a little hip-hop ish but beastie boys are the same i mean the beastie boys are the beastie boys they're yeah. their own genre they can't i mean they they have a great time they do exactly what they want to do and i i that's a great pick, did you ever man. see them really live by chance i haven't hello nasty is my great. favorite album of oh theirs. it's great hello nasty is very reminds me of a outcast equimini yes intergalactic eclectic yeah it goes up and down um, you know my favorite whoever, who, whoever makes their beats was all over that album yeah i mean it's go it goes it's like an experience my favorite album there is which is probably not a lot of people's is check your head man i love yeah. check okay. your head dude when that came out i got a t-shirt of that to this day with the album cover <laughs> on it and uh so what you want was one of my favorite songs when that came out oh dude you're killing it that's a, that's a great pick man that's a great pick. but that's my uh that's my beastie yeah. boys so we're up to you brother what do you got over there man <laughs> My number three. Okay, now this this one is going to be on on probably everybody's list. But uh, you know, growing up with my father, my father was a huge fan of this band. The world is a huge fan of this band. I know it's trite. I know it's uh, played out. I know everyone says they're awesome, but then you 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 listen to their catalog, their all their albums, and you hear the genius on every song. How can a band be this genius mm-hmm. in songwriting, instrumentation? Uh, can make pop albums, like albums that everybody likes, but also make, like, evolve as they did and start making records and albums that just blew your freaking mind. Growing up, I listened to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club mm-hmm. Band by the Beatles more than any other album. I listened, I dissected it. Sure. I listened to it over and over. That and then Abbey Road. My dad had Let It Be. My dad had the White Album. But the, Be- the Beatles are not my number three. And- when I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be. 
Probably go in any direction. Sure, yeah. But the Be- the Beatles, like Aerosmith, I can listen to it any time. They have a great catalog of music. They evolved. I mean, all you have their early stuff like Meet the Beatles, Hard Day's Night, where they were making you know, kind of pop music. But then you have Sgt. Pepper, you have Abbey Road, you have a uh, Yellow Submarine. These albums where they're just making these eclectic yeah. montages of sounds. Paul McCartney and John Lennon, the best. Oh, writing dude, the songwriting is just absolutely George Harrison. Uh, I would also recommend Eight Days a Week. Eight Days a Week is a uh, documentary. I believe it's on Netflix. Okay. It goes through their touring years. They toured for about 10 years. Not a long time. But they were pumping out like a song a week uh, <laughs> right. for their label. Right. And just, I mean... These the Beatles. I mean, come come on, they're the Beatles. So. I mean, it's the Beatles. I, I mean, I Beatles. you know I, I feel like have, yeah, I feel like yeah. an asshole. I mean, I didn't put them in my top ten, but I mean, they are. That, that's why I was telling. That's why I was giving a little disclaimer at the top of the episode because I was I merely wanted to narrow down to the ten bands that like I listen to frequently. Do you know what I mean? And now yep. I will tell you, if somebody puts on a Beatles record, I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to skip it. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to crap off. I'm going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? But what <laughs> really I what I'll does. say what I'll say about the Beatles, and I'm actually glad you named them, so they got some love on the, on the show today. But what I will say about the Beatles, man, is the songwriting is just out of this fucking world. Dude. Oh. I mean, absolutely, just when Yesterday, you read those, oh, dude, it's um, it's like what are the these guys were another? They were like aliens from another planet, dude. There was no way. Yeah. That someone could write or, or two people could write songs that good so consistently over and over and over again for decades. And they did it. Uh, just tremendous yeah. ability, uh, songwriting ability from the Beatles. Obviously, yeah, obviously one of the greats. So I'm, I'm glad you included them. Yeah. I put my personal you know, favorites that you're going to find on my, you know, if you steal my phone and you look at my playlist, you're not going to find a ton of Beatles. You might find here comes the sun on there and you know, yesterday or whatever, but you here won't find the sun written by George Harrison, by the way. Yeah, I know. Right. Even That's how good you have this dynamic duo writing music. Then you have the runt of the litter, George Harrison, who can write here comes the sun. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. and, he's the, and he's the guy who can't write. You know? it's, it's crazy but i mean turn on like put on abbey road uh their last oh, studio album i think classic. let it be was released afterwards but it's a live album i got my uh, daughter so you know my daughter got yeah. her uh her record player a few years ago for christmas one year oh okay and i got her five albums with the record player and abbey road i can't mention a couple because they're coming up on my list but yeah i'm gonna talk about it later but one of the five albums i got her was abbey road yeah and i got her that abbey one i got road, i got yeah, her thriller yeah, the- by michael jackson Ooh, um, nice. Yeah, I, I can't. Nice. I don't know if I remember all five, but I got I got her five albums, kind of like a starter kit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Abbey Road was one of the starter kit but albums. Abbey Road, so. uh, the first the first side has like the more popular songs on it. Then flip it over at the second side. The second side of the album is one song divided into five or six sections. Yeah, but it's one continuous song, and it is. I mean, the word for yeah. it is genius. Yeah, Abbey Road is they a are. genius. I mean, they're all genius albums. But sure. Abbey Road's genius. All right, so well, the Beatles are my number three. Good pick, man. Uh, I mean, my father and I have listened to uh, these guys together. So, so this was one of the ones three. you were referring to with your dad earlier. Yeah, there's two of them. There's another one coming up. Okay, all right. Because you told me your dad. You told me your dad. Would you tell me your dad sipping on scotch over there sometimes? What'd you tell me? You told me whiskey. Whiskey. Oh, whiskey. So, so he said more whiskey sometimes. So, is he still uh, popping in Beatles albums? Yes, I'd say. Good. Uh, the Good. Be- uh, if I asked him, what are your what are your favorite groups of all time? 
The Beatles would be on there. I didn't put it down. He's a big Bob Dylan fan. Okay. I never really. My brother loves Bob Dylan. I never really connected with Bob Dylan. I like the songwriting, but it's a little. It's a little too. No. It's a little, it's a little too. Uh, but you know, <laughs> Bob Dylan's cool. But my number one band of all time and his number one band of all time are the exact same. Oh, perfect. And, all right. Well, we'll and, get there. Perfect. Yeah, so I mean, that's yeah. So that's my number three, the Beatles. Perfect. I love it. Obviously, cannot argue with it. Great pick, man. All right. So here we go. So Woo! now, okay, my, number now, two. I know what your number one is, but I, I don't you know do, what you is. do, and probably a lot of people do. But my number two is a very, very personal pick. That okay. I got to be honest. I hope you've heard of them. Uh, I mean, it's not like they're not popular, but it, it's a very niche kind of genre. But let me just name them, and then I'll see if you've heard of them before I drone on here. But it's okay. a, it's a band called the Deftones. Deftones, I've never listened to it. So Deftones is my number two, man. I, I know. I, I feel like there's a tear uh, coming down your cheek. They, uh, okay, how can I read? Okay, so let me let me, let me me do it this way. So, you know, I was talking about my sister earlier. This is another band that my sister and I are forever connected to, and actually several friends of ours, mutual friends of ours as well. So, I don't know if you've experienced this, and maybe it's coming up on your list or in your honorables, but have you ever experienced a band like from Ground Zero? Like from the ground up, like you were there on day one, like, and then 20, 30 years later, they're, you know, millionaires selling platinum records. That's what happened with the Deftones because I was living in Greensboro. I was going to UNCG at the time. And this okay. was in the mid 90s. This was probably 94, 95. Uh, I don't know the exact year, but right around there in the mid 90s for sure. And so. There was this record label called Maverick Records. I don't think they're in. I don't think they're around anymore. But it was an indie record label, and there was this uh, little shop, a little like record CD shop near the campus that we used to go buy like CDs all the time and like you know singles and shit like that. And there was on this Tate, like on Tate Street. Uh, it was on Tate Street, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm proud of you. It's called Collectibles. You know that? I'm not Tate Street, homie. Yeah, I'm not Tate Street fool. Oh wow, this guy <laughs> kept bringing the heat. But uh, Collectibles is not there anymore. But it was on Tate Street. It's funny you said that. Um, but anyway, so we went there, and they had this little. So they had these promotional discs. So you know, it would be similar to like a screener when a movie studio would send out a screener for you to, to watch okay. a movie. Okay. Yeah. But it would be the CD. So it would have the Maverick. It had the Maverick logo on it. And it said Deftones. And it had like the track list on it. 
And Maverick was owned by by Madonna. The, the, oh, okay. Uh, the pop icon. So she started the Maverick label, and the first rock band that she signed to Maverick was the Deftones. And uh, she was kind of infatuated with her songwriting and kind of... Uh, they also had a very weird kind of marriage of hip-hop and rock as well, but it was much harder than uh, what we know from the Beastie Boys, but I'm saying it was a little bit of both. And anyway, so we got that little promotional thing, right? Because we, we were trying to do the cool thing. We were like, well, what's indie? What indie bands do you have or whatever? So we got it. And, <laughs> You're uh, so hip. You're so hip. <laughs> and they opened in 95 at this club called Ziggy's for a band that's in my honorable mentions called Corn, which I know you've heard of. Yes, I have heard of Corn. And, bro, I mean, you want to talk about transformative experience? Uh-huh. So, unlike now, we went for corn because we were huge corn fans. We still are, frankly. But that's delicious. But that was why we, yeah, the band's not bad either. <laughs> <laughs> On the cob, especially. And that was why we went, you know what I mean? But we saw them live, and it was the promotional disc that we'd bought for a dollar or whatever, like, you know, a couple weeks earlier. And uh, it was so awesome, man, because we got to see Corn, our favorite, one of our favorite bands. And uh, Orange Nine Millimeter was another band that played that show. I'll never forget that show, bro. And uh, Chino and Chi of the Deftones were like mingling after. I mean, because it was in a small club. I mean, it was like maybe 200 people there. I mean, it was like fucking somebody's house. You know, it was a place called Ziggy's in Winston-Salem. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, but it's literally like a house and <laughs> with like a back patio or whatever that they played on. It was <laughs> okay. fucking crazy. But anyway, the two lead band members, the Deftones, were just kind of mingling or whatever. And we showed them the Maverick promotional CD that we had gotten. Yeah. And they were like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't know those these things exist, still existed or whatever. And they signed it for us. My sister still has it. Uh, I mean, I you know, I could go on and on and on about the Deftones because we have that connection to them where, you know, they were signing little shitty promotional discs, you know, when we got into them. And now... At a house, at a house. In somebody's house in Winston-Salem. You know? Greensboro. And I'm now, you know, yeah. 30 years later, they're still making music. They're still touring. I mean, it's cra- I mean, it's crazy, man. You know, there's been some albums that were not as amazing as others, but I've followed their entire career. Uh, they have a very... And they the grind is real with them, man. Like, they put out albums every couple years. They've never broken up. They've stayed together. Uh, but it's like a thrash metal kind of hip-hop band. And, <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't know how else to really tell you. As far as... I mean, I'll put on a tune or two on the episode, but... For those of you that don't know, you have to be into kind of like corn is a good example actually, but yeah, you have to be into that kind of heavier metal to really get into them. But okay. they also have a very melodic, you know, uh, choral pieces in their songs. But they also rap in their songs, so it's kind of weird. It's got a nice marriage of a little bit of everything. But I love the Deftones, man. So have you? You said you've heard of them, but you probably don't know any of their tunes, right? Honestly, I, and maybe I've heard of them because I've known you so long. Maybe mm-hmm. I've just heard you mm-hmm. talk about them, but I don't know if I've like if you played a Deftone song yeah. and said, "Tell me who this is," I probably couldn't tell you. Like if you played a Corn song, a Rage song, yeah, sure. Um, like you know, I'm trying to think of more bands like like that who have that vibe. Yeah, I probably could tell you who it is, but I don't think I've ever, I don't think I could place them. Well, Deftones so, is... I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to have to check them out. I mean, Deftones is definitely the personal pick, and they are also active. So, you said it earlier, and it got me thinking, but in my entire... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. There's one more band. So, out of my top ten, Deftones and one other band are still active. So, they are the only active band in my top five, the Deftones. 
Wicked. Um, Wicked. But yeah, I love him, man. So that's my number two. Sorry to go on Excellent. and on there, but it's obviously, nah, dude, a, obviously I love a it. I get, like, uh, I've, Gerald, and this is t- to all of our fans listening as well. I've known you for a while. I know how much music means to you. Yeah. I know how much, I mean, you know, music is your religion. It's a lot of people's religion. You know, as you know, Bob Marley says, love is my religion. Sure. Music is very transcendent for you. It ties you to your personal life, to sure. your feelings, to your relationships. So it's just, man, it's just an honor to sit back and hear you talk about these things. I mean, I could listen to you go on and on about all these bands. Yeah, let's get a mosh pit going too, man. We can do it Dude, with some of these. up? What up? <laughs> All right, man. We're up to you. What do you got? Right, what do you got over there, two. man? Yep. My, my number two is the only band on my list that can blow my socks off like number one. Every time I listen to number one, I just I, my tears well up. My hair, I have a little bit of hair. It stands up. Sure. Number two is the only other band that can match them in this kind of beautiful intensity. Now, this band didn't last very long. They're like a match. You light the match. The flame gets huge, and it burns itself out in its own intensity. Mm-hmm. So these guys did not last long, um, okay. but the albums they made, they could be my number two band just on their first album, Appetite for Destruction. Nice. The band is Guns and Roses. Wow. Or I'm going right. to say it for the fans because this is how you're supposed to say it. G and F and R, Guns sure. and fucking Roses. Wow. The, one of the, I mean, <laughs> these, dude, I yeah, just. sure. Uh, appetite for destruction. I mean, uh, welcome to the jungle, Paradise City, my Michelle. Dude, sweet uh, child. Going to uh, live with patience. Come on, uh, man. Uh, uh, Civil War on Use Your Illusion One, Use Your Illusion Two. Sure, man. Uh, there. Okay, I, I'll give a little shout out to the Rolling Stones. The Guns and Roses version of Sympathy for the Devil is better than the Rolling Stones. Yeah, and how about yes, no, how about knocking on yes, heaven's door? How about knocking on heaven's oh, door? No, yeah, yeah. So Guns and Roses, man. November Rain. I mean, that's probably one of the mm-hmm. best rock songs of all time. The way all their music, their all their their music has levels to it. It opens up. parts it has melodic parts it, it changes in tone it changes in it just i mean it's just there's no one who puts i don't even know how they do it like when i listen to one of their songs i say to myself what are you guys doing how do the five of you make this music yeah like how do you do it like how do these things come together in your mind i uh, listened to something recently uh, duff mckagan was their drum uh bassist who actually i met at california pizza kitchen in westwood village in los angeles uh, he was coming to the bar to get a non-alcoholic beer, a bucket. Wow. Uh, he was with his daughter. Interesting. Um, he did something recently where he wrote a book about his experience in his life, and he read the book while music was playing in the background at a theater. You can probably catch it on Netflix. 
He talks about meeting Axl Rose and hearing Axl Rose sing for the first time. And here's how he describes it. He says, when Axl sings, it's like two voices in one. Mm -hmm. It's like two people are singing and harmonizing together. Wow. Axl Rose, one of the best voices in rock and roll. Guns N' Roses, these guys blow me away. As soon as that thing hits, like... I'm running to the box. Yeah. I've lost my shit. I mean, Guns well, and Roses. GNR too. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, great pick, man. I mean, I love them too. You know, GNR too. It, it's cool because they're a time capsule too. Because you, you know, especially in that late '80s kind of like Hollywood and Vine kind of like sleazy yeah. yep. era. You know what I mean? Motley Crue, Poison. Yeah, all yeah exactly. Poison. But they, but they have that. You know what I mean? And they. They really uh, perfected that. I mean, they were, they are forever going to be the poster childs of that era. They you know we've been talking a lot about grunge, right? Mm-hmm. So GNR is the poster child of that era, right before grunge. And yeah. a lot of people think that grunge music and that movement killed a lot of bands like the Motley Crues and the GNRs, mm-hmm. and, you know. So there's different eras to music. And that era, whatever you want to call it, whether it's, you know, like big hair rock or whatever yeah, you want to call it, bands, G&R yeah, is rock, that band. Yeah. You know what I mean? G&R is that band from that era. I mean, they are. Did the, you have a, yeah, because I mean, I, I dude, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I like 80s. I like, you know, the Poisons and oh, Motley Crues, yeah. but Guns N' Roses took it to a different level because of the talent. I mean, Slash on guitar and Axel's voice and um, yeah. their first drummer, I forgot their first drummer's name who died, but then their second drummer came along. Um their talent and their way of putting music together put them on a different level. I think it, immediately with Appetite, when Appetite for Destruction hit, immediately these guys were something different. But of course, you know, their attitudes and their party lifestyle. I mean, they quickly became known as the band you can't count on. Uh, I think they went on tour with Metallica. It was supposed to be the biggest tour of all time. Another great band, Metallica. Um, but they just, I mean, the way they, the way they acted on the tour, the tour fell apart, so... They, I mean, as as bright as they shone, they they burned out really quickly, which yeah. al- almost adds to their mystique. Right. Um, but well, yeah, Guns N' Roses, man. I mean, that right. I guess uh, that'd be my personal pick because I haven't met a lot of really big Guns N' Roses fans, but every time their music comes on, I'm like jumping up and down. And well, I can remember going to see them when I was a junior in high school in Columbia, South Carolina, at the football the football stadium where the Gamecocks play. But I went down there. My uh, my buddy Tim McCoy drove me and a couple of my friends down there, and we saw GNR and Metallica, brother. You and, saw them together. Uh, yes, I did. How was the I show? Were they, were they, were they, did they actually show up? They were late, <laughs> but they did show up. But it was GNR and Metallica, and it, the opener was Faith No More, and it was uh, ah, yeah, okay. It, it was a badass show, dude. Uh, it was a really good concert. Great memories from that. And, uh, you know, I felt like I was cool, too, because I was, like, 15. You know what I mean? Everybody else oh, was, dude, like, you know. Okay. But, yeah, it was, it was uh, GNR, great pick, man. I, again, yeah. kind of like your Aerosmith pick, I'm surprised, but I also commend it. I think it's a great pick. Yeah. another so. You just mentioned them, but another honorable mention, Metallica. I mean, Metallica oh, sure. changed my life. Oh, I mean, yeah. the, the Black Album, uh, you know. Uh, Dude, Master of Puppets, uh, forget it. Master of Puppets, oh, yeah, uh, Justice great. for All, Ride the Lightning. I mean, oh, great. Metallica still making good music. Yeah, I mean, we could easily do a top 50, man. I mean, it's, it, there, there, there's some amazing bands out there. All right, so. Gerald, I'm not going to be surprised, but give me you're your not, number one you're band not. of all time and tell me why. Give yeah, me a story. You're not, you know. I want you to cry. I was talking about. I was talking about how uh, GNR surprised me for you. This is not going to be a surprise for anyone that knows me or is listening to the show on a regular basis. But my number one is Nirvana. So, you know, we're talking about the grunge movement pretty much all night on and off. And uh, 
you know, Nirvana and Kurt didn't really like being uh, the poster child for that, but they were. You know, we were talking about how GNR was, in my opinion, the poster child for that era of about five years right before that. Well, Nirvana was is forever going to be the yeah. uh, symbol for grunge rock. Nirvana is grunge, right? I mean, and, right. and every other grunge band would would be in, uh, is compared to them. And you know what I'll just say, and I mean, you know, I don't, I, I, we could do a whole, and I, in fact, I want to someday do a whole episode on Nirvana songs or something like that. But <clears throat> we don't have to do a whole. Oh, yeah, we could, but I'm not going to talk about it forever tonight. But what I'll just say, man, is that. There every every once in a blue moon, there's a band or an artist that comes along that is just transcendent and just changes the entire landscape of music. Mm-hmm. And Nirvana did that. You know, whether you like them or hate them, and I've seen people online that are not fans of theirs and like whatever. But you can't refute the shift in the landscape of music when Nevermind came out in the early '90s, '91. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not even their best album. Is the funny part. <laughs> But when that came out, man, music changed. I mean, it forever changed. And, you know, and it's just those first few chords uh, in, in a song called Smells Like Teen Spirit, you know, yeah. and people hearing that on MTV, because MTV was huge at the time, and that had a lot to do with their kind of upbringing or uprising. changed music you know and that and they really grabbed me at an impressionable age it was something that had never been heard before it was a little bit different than some of the mm-hmm. bands that we've actually been talking about tonight it was something different it was like a like a harder edge to it or like they were pissed off or like you know they hated their parents or they hated school or like whatever and it was like oh shit yeah you know i feel what they're saying it was kind of like punk rock mm-hmm. but it was also hard rock it was you know, that's why they had to coin a new, a new term for it because nobody knew what it was. You know I mean? It ended up being grunge. But yeah, I mean, they're not the best quote unquote grunge band. Like, I get that. I understand that. This is a personal list for me, though. And uh, no band has uh, had such a lasting impression on me as Nirvana did, which is ironic because they were around for such a short period of time. Uh, but the time that they were around, was during the most impressionable in my life because I was, you know, I was graduating high school and going into college. And uh, that was a very, very impressionable time for me as, as a kid in the early to mid 90s. So to this day, man, I mean, I will put on uh, MTV's Unplugged that Nirvana did. Oh, great album. Great. Uh, just album. amazing. And when I hear Kurt <clears throat> do uh, Lead Belly's Where'd You Sleep Last Night and when, mm-hmm. he, when he just screams, the last verse and then uh you know if you're watching it at least and you can kind of see in his face 
that it just leaves. It just leaves the stage. He performed. He literally just belted his entire soul out to the audience and to the television audience. And then that was it. And that was the last performance that he did live. And to think about it, it's a very haunting, uh, kind of eerie thing. Um, but he, just such a passionate artist, man. I mean, he, and he was an artist artist, too. I mean, he did amazing drawings. I mean, they were kind of creepy. <laughs> but uh, but he was a great artist. He did a lot of cool drawings and poetry. And uh, there's a really cool documentary you can watch on Kurt, too, about his art. Um, but yeah, Nirvana. I mean, everybody knows, you know what I mean? So I, if anything you have to say, I know you mentioned Pearl Jam earlier, uh, anything you have to say about Nirvana, Andy? Authenticity. I mean, when you talked about him bearing his soul, you know, there was a lot of pain, obviously, you know, with the tragic ending of Kurt Cobain's life, you know, he experienced a lot of pain, but he opened the doors to the world and he let the world into, into, into experience and to see that pain. And, you know, that's, that's the word that comes to mind for Nirvana is authenticity, you know, they're a very authentic group, yeah. you know, just, you know, and I think that's what grunge was, was taking down the curtains, sure. you know, coming out of the 80s with the, you know, with the stadium rock and the big, 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 big shows and the, the makeup and the big hair. They took all the curtains down and they just bore their souls. You're absolutely yeah. right. Uh, and the darkness that you're talking about, uh, and I think, uh, you know, when they turned off the distortion and did Unplugged, yeah. you really got to see the darkness. You got to see... Um, you know what they were going through in uh, these songs, and I just think yeah. he was very open, and and it's a darkness that we all have in us. So when you hear songs like that, like uh, when he does, Jesus doesn't want me for a sunbeam. Bro, I was just gonna uh, mention that. I mean, I mean, it's just like we all feel that way. We and, all feel that way. And what's interesting, and what's interesting about that too, Andy, is talking about unplugged specifically. Is he he chose those songs. I mean, he knew that he was leaving, in my opinion, because the songs he chose they weren't his. They weren't Nirvana songs. You know, Jesus doesn't want me for a sunbeam. Uh, I'm going to the lake of fire. I mean, these are songs that, I mean, he didn't have to sing. I mean, he could have sang the popular tunes that his fans knew uh, and would have made just as much money performing that show. But he picked a very specific set list. You know, if you listen to the words to Bowie's Man Who Sold the World, and and to have, and to see an interview with David Bowie, which I did about 10 years ago, I, I read it somewhere. I can't remember where, but. Yeah. And Bowie is saying, like, when he heard Kurt sing that, it was a different song to him. And he wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like Bowie, hearing it for the David first Bowie. time, he said. And it was a song that yeah. he wrote. And we're talking about David Bowie here. Do you know what I mean? We're not talking about some random dude, you know? So um, Kurt just had a way of really uh, kind of reluctantly displaying his artistry because he didn't yeah. want to be. He, you know, he was a very weird figure because he didn't want to be famous, but he did want to be famous. Do you know yes. what I mean? Until he yeah. was. Like, he wanted to be famous until he was. And then he was kind of like, what did I do? And you mentioned Duff McKagan earlier. I don't know if you ever watched the documentary on, on Nirvana, but Duff actually ran into Kurt at the airport two days before he overdosed. Killed him, or I didn't killed know himself. that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, so they had a kind of a weird connection there. Uh, but, but I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, Kirk was a paradox, you know, and he yeah. lived both those lifestyles, the reclusive artist and pain. Yeah. But also, you know, the you know, the happy prankster and the talented mm-hmm. stage, you know, act. And I mean, he was 
but then, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's very, like, I keep going back to authentic. Nirvana is just a very authentic band. Yeah. And even to this day, to thing, hear, like, uh, to hear like Dave Grohl talk about his experience with Nirvana. And um, yeah. I watched a, a really cool documentary about the making of Never, Nevermind. Oh, yeah. Maybe you turned, maybe you turned me on. Is it that, uh, Sound City, hear, right? Or, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Where so, they I mean, recorded it at, right? Yeah. You're right. It's just a different type of band. And, um, I mean, they'll never be repeated that kind of it's just magic well no uh no cliffhangers for my number one everybody knew that no. but what i don't know what i don't think i know what yours is though but i guess you share it with your father so i'm excited to oh, see absolutely i mean there's what no there's no what what do you get i'm gonna give you a math equation what do you get when you take the greatest singer of all time hmm. the greatest guitarist of all time the greatest drummer of all time and the greatest bassist of all time sure. what do you get when you put these guys together, it almost seems unheard of. Like, no, 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 that can't possibly exist. What you're saying, Andy, that's what you're thinking. What you're saying cannot <laughs> possibly exist sure. in form, but it did. And the world has been blessed because of it. The band is Led Zeppelin. Sure. By far, okay. by far, yeah. the greatest band of all time. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. number one slot on my list and number two and beyond is huge yeah what led zeppelin did and one two three and four and beyond unmatched these guys perfect songwriting perfect singing i mean oh my gosh i mean you know jimmy page on guitar uh you know john bonham john paul jones i mean these guys I'm gonna. I, I can't even describe it. Led Zeppelin is perfect. My father went and saw when Led, Led Zeppelin Two, which is my favorite album of all time, uh, as well. When my when Led Zeppelin Two, when they were touring for Led Zeppelin Two, my father and his brother Donnie went to see them at uh, the Greensboro Coliseum. No, no, Charlotte Coliseum. Wow. And uh, to this day, when I ask him about the concert, he says, "Andy, it was perfect." Nice. And that's to me, Led Zeppelin is perfect. That band is perfect. I love this. Yeah. I, I love my. I'm with you. This is another one that I also shared with my father, and it was really cool. I can remember at a young age. I mean, I was still at home, so I was probably in high school. I can remember getting the box set. Uh, I got it. For, yep. I got it for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> my dad got me a CD player. Uh, well, Santa Claus did, but let's be honest. Oh, oh Santa. Santa. Uh, yeah, let's be honest. Here. Kids are kids are listening. <laughs> but uh, well, I hope not. But anyway, so that was the same year. So I can remember my dad being torn because it was Led Zeppelin, but also him being the one, wanting to be the dad. Was like, turn your music down. You know what I mean? Ah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> turn that yeah. shit down. You know. But then he's like, wait a second. It's a whole lot of love. So go ahead. You're fine. 
Uh, so it was uh, it was a cool band, much like Aerosmith, to be honest, where it kind of bridged generations. Really, mm-hmm. I felt like it did. Le- I felt like Led Zeppelin really bridged generations because people still and, love them. I mean, young kids. I mean, yeah, yeah. There were bands before Led Zeppelin. There was a lot of you know very popular bands. I mean, I guess you could say they're part of kind of this uh, British invasion with Cream, another sure. great band, and uh, their later sure. album Blind Faith, which was wonderful. So and the Beatles and all these bands come over, but Led Zeppelin was different. Mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin was just different. I yeah. mean, they're just bluesy and rock, and they're also. I mean, a lot of people say they invented heavy metal so they were the first band to really yeah that's true explode i mean because their music is huge that's true big you could say uh, i I think you could safely say that and maybe black sabbath but i think black sabbath Sabbath had a very machine sound that that you know became what metal is today but led zeppelin i mean i haven't to this day i haven't heard a band that can do it the way they did it hey i'm Um, with you yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's your number. My number one by number far. One? Uh, most people say Led Zeppelin Four is the best album, but I think Led Zeppelin Two, from beginning to end, is the album is perfect. I dig it. I dig Absolutely it. Perfect. Led Zeppelin. So you got a classic. Yeah, that's Led Zeppelin. Yeah. All my right. So I'm gonna. Had, my father had the records, and I used to yeah. play them over and over again. That's the thing that's that gets me that's too. That's something we share as well. Yeah, that's the thing that gets me too, man. Is just in uh, exact same connection is that I can picture the I can literally picture the black vinyl with the little logo in the middle spinning around. You know, and yeah, it takes you exactly. back there, that nostalgia. And, you know, and I think about it, too, also, Andy, from a, from a perspective that we're in now, because mm-hmm. now it's digital now. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah, all it it's yeah. all Spotify and iTunes and whatever. But I'm still introducing music to my children. You know what I mean? And if I'm playing yeah. Nirvana, for example, for my mm-hmm. son. So now if he's talking about this with his friends 10, 15 years from now, do you see what I'm saying? Like the connection yeah. is just music and movies. It's just we're always connected because of those types of mediums and we can just pass them down generation to generation. And, you know, my son is six years old and he knows a lot of songs from these bands that I can guarantee you, you know, 90% of the people that go to his school have never even heard of, you know what I mean? Maybe their parents even haven't. So, uh, it is special when you, when you think back to your parents playing the records of a lot of those, those groups, uh, I'm going to wrap up, my top five real quick, Andy, and then I'll let you give a quick wrap up. So Do my, it. Do it. So my number five was Credence Clearwater Revival. Possibly the best band name on my list. <laughs> my, yeah. My number four was The White Stripes. My number three was Beastie Boys. My number two was Deftones. And my number one band of all time, as everyone knows, is Nirvana. Andy, what was your top five, man? My number five was Pearl Jam. Shout out to my beautiful wife, Rebecca. Number four was Aerosmith. Number three, The Beatles. Number two, Guns and Roses. And number one, by a long shot and landslide, the one, the only, Led Zeppelin. Time to get the lead out. Yeah, man. I let the lead out, brother. Uh, so we're going to do a fun thing for the quote-unquote suggestion box this week. It's going to be a little bit different. But before we get there, Andy, do you have any honorable mentions that you want to shout out? I got five here oh, to round out my ten, brother. I got, I got plenty. I've got plenty. We've do you want me to go first? So far. Let me go first. Uh, yeah, let, let me go you first. Because that way, if you don't double up, if you have any that I, maybe I don't mention. My, yeah. my, my number six would have been Queen. Love Lovely. Queen. Another one my dad introduced me to. My number seven is a band that, you know, I've been talking a lot about my dad tonight. My number yeah. seven is a band that I share with my mom. I won tickets to a concert to go see them in the 90s, and I took my mom because it was a band that she introduced me to when I was a 10-year-old kid. Okay. Uh, but it's a band called Heart, Anna and Nancy Wilson. Oh, yeah. Um, I love Heart, man. Just, Barracuda. Just, just kicking ass. Just women kicking ass, dude. Uh, my number eight we already talked about was Rage Against the Machine. 
just Ooh, nice rebellion uh, in the form of music. My number nine would have been Soundgarden, another grunge era band. Oh, that I great love. band, great band. Uh, Chris Cornell, uh, rest in peace. And then my number ten, we also mentioned earlier, would be Corn. A personal pick for me, but I love Corn. I uh, love them from very, very early on in their discography, and I've remained a fan for uh, you know thirty years. So I love Corn. Yeah. Uh, so that's my that's my honorable mentions. What would you have over there, man? That we haven't man, mentioned uh, yet. You know, you mentioned Nirvana. Love Nirvana. Metallica. Mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine. Uh, we haven't mentioned them, but the Red Hot Chili Peppers is oh, another yeah. band yeah, I yeah, love. Sure. Stadium Stadium Arcadium, the double album, is just a great, great album. Tom Petty is more of an artist, but I mean, he kind of crosses over into the band genre, and I just love Tom. He's wonderful. Green Day, you mentioned Green Day earlier, and uh, Dookie changed my life, man. Dookie was <laughs> yeah, a great that's album. good, man. Uh, that is American so good. Idiot, American Idiot. And Kerplunk, even. Remember Kerplunk? Yeah, dude, no, no, yeah, Kerplunk, and there's yeah. an album before Kerplunk, 2000 Smooth Out Slappy Hours or whatever. Hell yeah. I mean, so Green Day, Green Day just rocks. I'm just a big fan of theirs as well. Uh, so those are some of the bands that kind of, um, yeah, Counting okay. Crows, another band I really like, and so, yeah, yeah, Counting I mean, Crows just, going, you, yeah, you could just keep going, going the Rolling Stones, love the Stones, absolutely. So you could just keep going and going and going. And well, going. what I did for this episode, Andy, because it's a little bit special, because well, first of all, we're doing our top five bands of all time, which is kind of crazy, but also because it's the last time that Andy's going to be on two P's, well, at least for a little while. I thought it would be cool instead of just doing the traditional suggestion box. So you know how they have all these festivals, Andy, right? Well, not right I now because of coronavirus. <laughs> coronavirus, there's nobody having any kind of festivals. But generally speaking, music festivals with different bands, and they'll have like 50 bands on stage one and stage two or whatever. So I just shot, I just threw up a thing on the page over on Facebook for our great fans. Guys, if you have not joined up yet, check the show notes for our fan community. That's where we interact with our fans the most over on Facebook. So I told them, I said, look, here's what I said. I said, uh, comment on this thread with just one band that you love. Uh, don't repeat a band that's already been mentioned. And then that will make onto a playlist. So I'm going to do a playlist on Spotify with the, the bands that we mentioned. So our top fives. And, okay. then, and then all the bands that are mentioned on this post. And it's going to be, and it. it's gonna be like a giant music festival kind of playlist. Uh, uh, with just this eclectic group of bands. Now, what is interesting is there's a lot of bands I've never heard of that were mentioned. So, I don't know. Let's see, Andy. Maybe you've heard some of these. I'm going to go through them, okay? we got we got 24 right, or so to go through, but I'm going to go through them real quick. So, Let's on the lineup it. for our festival show, Andy, for the piece, uh, Chris Yaney over on the Facebook page says Swamp Candy. Have oh, okay. You, have okay. you ever heard okay. of Swamp Candy? Uh, no, I've never had candy from the swamp. Sounds delicious. <laughs> I've never heard of Swamp Candy either. I feel like that's a follow-up to Tiger King, but maybe not. Uh, let's see. Justin from the Epic Film Guy says Carpenter Brute, another band I have not heard of. All right, oh, Carpenter Brute sounds good. Smells good. Smells like a, it's like a, a, a like a, a something a cologne that smells like. Sawdust. I feel like uh, knowing Justin though, I bet you that's like metal though because he's a hard rock dude. Uh, Patrick Sherwood, another band that I have not heard of. Patrick Sherwood says Pomegranate Tiger. Oh, delicious. <laughs> it sounds like a fragrance of a candle of some kind. Uh, uh, that smells wonderful. Patrick, I love you, but I've never heard of them either. I, we, I can't wait to make this playlist, though, because now I'm going to see what these bands are all about. Uh, Dan Brennick, uh, our buddy from Netflix and Swill, a band that I have heard of, and I know that it's his favorite band, Blink-182. What do you think about them, buddy? Oh, okay. I can, I can dig on Blink. Yeah, man. And I definitely can get down with this band. Paul Chomo says Tool. Love Tool. Oh, goodness. Okay. I love them, man. Uh, Justin Winter says Taylor Swift is not a band, Gerald. 
And I told <laughs> and I told him I disagree. <laughs> She's a brand, brother. Uh, let's see. Julio from the Contrarian says, Counting Crows. You'll like that one. Oh, I like the Crows, man. I love the Crows. Uh, Michael Hill, you know, a mutual buddy of ours. Yeah. He says, Blue October. Okay. Well, Blue October. Are you into them? Or are you familiar I've with them? I've never heard of them. I've, I've heard like two songs. So they're, they're okay. They're kind of like the goth rock. They're in the... They're in the same vein as like My Chemical Romance and those guys. Okay, I could yeah. see Michael liking the goth rock. <laughs> yeah, I could too. Oh, uh, you'll I could like see him like with the with the uh, eyeliner and the spikes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he probably put that on before he typed that message out to us. Uh, he wanted to be in full, you know, uh, method. He's, he's he's a method Regalia. poster. You know what I mean? Uh, Carmen says Pearl Jam. I know you're into that one. Love Pearl Jam. Tony Vanden Bush says Queen. Oh, nice. uh, so I think we're getting to the headlining acts here. Uh, Amanda Inman says cake. I love cake. They're a lot of fun. Oh, my wife loves cake. Yeah, it's I love, delicious. I love cake. They're a lot of fun. Lauren Scott says uh, Panic at the Disco. Another good okay. band. Uh, Molly Lewis says The Rolling Stones. Ah, uh, The Stones. So they got a shout out. Uh, you can't argue with that. So that's it for the fan feedback, guys. So I'm going to take all those bands that I just mentioned, and then I'm going to take me and Andy's, you know, 10 collectively that we mentioned. Possibly our honorable mentions too, whatever, whatever I'm feeling. And I'll put that playlist on Spotify, and it'll just be a giant, just just a potpourri of, of music, Andy. Ah, potpourri. That could be the name of the festival, potpourri. <laughs> the potpourri festival. The potpourri Andy, music festival. Uh, Andy, look, man. So we're wrapping up the episode. You uh, are done with the peas for a while. And we had a little special announcement episode uh, a while back before this one aired. So any regular listeners and patrons and, and whatnot have probably already heard that. But I'm going to let you give us your final, final thought. So this is going to be Andy's final thought, guys, for this episode, but also for the foreseeable future. Andy, before you give it, I'll reiterate, I love you. You're forever one of the peas. The door is always open. You're welcome anytime. And without you, this show would not be here four years later. So uh, I couldn't do it without you, man. And I, I love you, and I thank you so, so much. And uh, give us your final thought, man, for the for the piece, brother. What do you got? Well, I, I love you, Jeezy Peasy. Thanks for the opportunity for having me on, for letting me walk with you during this time. It's been awesome. My final thought has to do with music. Uh, music has a way of speaking to us. It's a language. It connects to us emotionally. It connects to us psychologically. It connects to us spiritually. It helps us to understand our relationships. It helps us to understand where we are in time. So... My final thought for you is let music be a religion to you. Let it take you away. When you feel, you know, like you're having a rough day or when you feel like you just can't go on, let music be one of those things that takes you away. Let it take you. Let it do its job. Let it take you. Let it take you to those transcendent places where you find out who you are and what life's all about. Uh, it could be music for you. There could be other things. It could be art. It could be nature. There could be some kind of religion involved. But there's so many wonderful things out there that their job is to pull you into deeper modes of being. Yeah. So my thought for you is let music do its job. Let it take you away. Don't try to control it. Just let it do its thing. I love it, brother. Uh, Andy, I've said it a hundred times tonight in this recording and the one prior, but thank you so much. And, uh, you know, please don't be a stranger. I know we'll see each other in, in real life, but don't be a stranger to the show. Come back anytime. Talk about whatever you want to talk about, and uh, you can take over anytime you want, man. I'm a big fan of yours. I will continue to support you and your ministry and uh, everything you got going on. You're one of the best friends I've ever had in this world, man. And uh, doing this show with you just highlighted that and uh, just kind of was a little extra incentive, but it 
you're just a great dude, man. So thank you so much for being part of Two Peas. And I'm going to try to keep the show going, man, in your honor. How about that? Peasy, it has been an honor. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate you. All right, brother. Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. We would like to give a special thanks to all of our current producers. Kathy Ross, Dan Brennick, Caleb Brownlee, Justin Esquivel, Becca Seekpark, Daniel Henderson, Michelle Dato, Tony Davish, Paul Prezula, Chris Yaney, and Julio Mendoza. If you would like to become an executive producer and help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, thank you for listening.